0: This episode contains adult content of a sexual nature. We discuss sex and masturbation throughout the entire episode. So if that's not your vibe, no pun intended, skip to one of our regular episodes, which drops every Monday. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hey guys, Hannah here. I am your host today. Welcome to our limited edition series, Beauty IQ After Dark meet today's guest co-host, Rowdy Walden. Rowdy is a TV host, writer, producer, and host of the Spotify original podcast, Search Engine Sex. And because I love his content so much, he's going to join as both the co-host and guest today. Welcome to the podcast.
1: A little um, double penetration on Beauty IQ.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> guest and co-host. Yes.
0: I love that.
1: And they said I wouldn't make it in this biz.
0: <laughs> I would love to start with your sort of origin story of how search engine sex came to be.
1: And I don't know about you, but I feel like I turn to the internet anytime there's a problem in my life. The story is really long, but essentially I thought I had an STD mm-hmm. and I was like Googling it. I didn't have one. It was a um, lactose intolerance (laughs) issue, (laughs) which is quite funny. But that was kind of the moment where I was like, surely I'm not the only one that's like stupid enough to be looking at this rather than going to the doctor and like stressing myself out and causing myself all this anxiety over it. And then I found this list of like the most Googled sex questions. That was kind of the catalyst of where it all began. I was like, if other people are asking these questions, I'm not the only one and look, here we are at a, mm. at a podcast that just keeps answering questions that we keep Googling. I feel like we'll never we'll never run out of questions. No, well,
0: I was going to say when you said that you ask all, not just sex questions but all of life's questions, that brought me back to a time not that long ago and I would search, am I dating a narcissist? That was really high on my <laughs> list. Like is it me or is it them? Like why are they being like this? I definitely think trying to psychologically diagnose the person that you're dating via the internet is probably not the most accurate of diagnostic tools.
1: I mean, or even yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, I feel like your content could not be more aligned with our Cringy combo. So I actually had just a few random questions I wanted to throw out for the Cringy combo. Okay. Aldi is a really big topic of conversation on this podcast, and um, I personally think their panty liners are the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you actually do exotic readings of the Aldi catalogue, which I'm going to get our editor to um, put in a little snippet here.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Erotic Readings of the Aldi Catalogue. Let's get straight into it. On sale Wednesday the 23rd of December 2020, women's caftans, $14.99 each, 10-pack of disposable twin blade razors, $2.99. And just for you, a sneak preview of the special buys coming on sale this Saturday the 26th of December. That's Boxing Day. Camping gear. We've got a single bed air mattress with a foot pump for dollars nine
0: nine. What do you love about Aldi so much? I just don't think there's
1: a more superior supermarket. <laughs> like, okay, sometimes the quality of things isn't the best. Yeah, but also, where else can you get a circular saw? I
0: saw Devon. that <laughs> on your Instagram. <laughs> like,
1: and they also have like you know how like Coles and Woolies have like the seasonal item aisle the little shelf of like Christmas and Easter stuff I feel like everyone loves that aisle even if you don't buy anything and that's the sort of joy that Aldi brings me it's the Mm. seasonal item shelf in Coles but every single week I go there
0: so do you exclusively shop at Aldi
1: no I'm a no 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 I'm a supermarket whore like I'll go around
0: non-monogamous yeah Mm. yeah I probably do a quarterly trip to Aldi to buy. They do the best panty liners, like the best. And so you buy in bulk. I, okay, it's, it is quite, I don't get embarrassed very easily, but I do when I go to Aldi because I fill up a trolley full of panty liners, nothing else, and like literally nothing else. And then I go <laughs> to the counter and I, I pretty much use the whole conveyor belt, and I stack all the boxes of panty liners. And there's usually quite a cute guy like at the register, and I just—he must just think what is going on here. Like,
1: I—I I mean, that is the other thing about Aldi is that their workers are hot. Yes. they're always hot i know i need to understand the panty liners more are they like libra or like a brand name or they're aldi brand
0: no they're i think they must be exclusive to aldi i think they're called olivia is the brand they're in a blue box a lot of the time i'll have followers message me because they're sold out like wow
1: i've never i've never looked at the panty liners but next time (laughs) i go i'll have a squiz I'll be the one getting strange looks. I mean like what are <laughs> you looking at them for? <laughs> like you're
0: reading the back. Like, what is this? So there was a um I found a news article and basically this woman wrote in, I think it was the Aldi Facebook group or something, and she said <laughs> she wrote, Does Aldi sell lube? And the majority of the comments I think were just like Wondering had she mixed up Facebook and Google search? Like she <laughs> she tried to search does sell lube, <laughs> posted it publicly on Facebook instead. So I also saw a video of you trying to choose a toilet and we love our um, – we, we talk a lot about going to the toilet on this podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was about um finding the perfect position for your bowel to do a poo.
0: Yes, okay. Which is
1: actually – much more fascinating than the whole squatty potty trend.
0: Yes, do tell.
1: I think her name's Julia Enders. We spoke to her for this ABC show that I was presenting. And, like, crazy, never knew this before, but we actually have two sphincters in our colon. So, like, the first one is higher. So you have the one that, like, you can see. <laughs> why <Yep>. am, I, <laughs> why <laughs> am I explaining this with my fingers? Uh <laughs> Do you have the first one you can see? And then up a little bit further is the second sphincter. And basically, the second sphincter releases a little bit of poo into the bottom bit of your colon and is like, Hey, uh, we've got a poo. Is there a toilet around here? And your second, your bottom sphincter is like, No, 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 we're not near, we're not near a toilet. So just keep it up there. Which I think is so fascinating that they so they like actually com- talk to each other. They're communicating mm. to each other and hence why the closer you get to home or to a bathroom is why you have to poo more because your brain and your anus wow. is like, hey, we're here, we're here, even though you still have to climb like two flights of stairs to get to your apartment.
0: That makes a whole lot of sense. I just went on a three-day hike and mm. my body knows when there's not going to be like a clean toilet. It's like, no. Nah. Like, the sphincters must be speaking to each other and saying, like, um, no.
1: So you didn't shit for three days?
0: I did on the last day and it was extremely okay. um, satisfying after, <laughs> after a three-day, like. So before we get into our, um, a few other questions about search engine sex, have you got any worst date stories for me?
1: Well, I mean, I'm still single, so I guess they've all been the worst date.
0: Mm, I feel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you feel that? Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Do I ever?
1: There, uh, there was one particular time, uh, um, do you know, like what a skin tag is?
0: (laughs) I sure do. We've spoken about skin tags on this <laughs> podcast.
1: So I've got this skin tag on my neck, which I think is psychic because whenever something is going to happen, it like tingles,
0: mm. whatever.
1: Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like a nerve damage thing. <laughs> but I was on a date once. This is a really long story, so I'll just condense it. But it, it basically involved like an outdoor like installation mural thing uh-huh. in Melbourne and um, a bunch of tourists and um, a very strange man plus the person I was with, and he thought it would be really sexy to, like, kiss my neck um, but didn't realise I had a skin tag on my neck and bit down and bit the mole, and then I it, it was just bleeding everywhere and no, all, of, all of these no. people were looking at us. like
0: a murder scene.
1: It was like a murder scene, yeah, and, like, the whole shoulder <gasps> of my white T-shirt was just, like, <gasps> this, like, yucky, <laughs> gross, red dripping thing.
0: Because skin tags bleed profusely. Oh, I've, ac- yeah. I've accidentally nicked one and, and they do bleed a lot, so I can imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah.
1: just me like holding it with my finger on the oh, tram home. Oh, no.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Really, really, really good date. <laughs> what about you?
0: So my worst date story, I actually recently went on a date with a guy and he basically told me like everything that was, wrong with like women in their 30s like I'm in my 30s he also was in his 30s and he basically was describing himself like he said like oh you know I want two kids maybe three kids and then you know later on he's like oh women over this age you know all they do is talk about wanting to have kids and I was like dude you just said you wanted to have kids on a first date like it was like he had sort of no self-awareness. That was probably the worst date that I've been on recently.
1: And it's just, it's so awful, isn't it? Because I find I'm going to one day, maybe it'll be a search engine sex special. I'm going to add up all the money that I've spent on bad dates Mm. over the course of my life. Yes. Like you go out for dinner. It's like, a—I reckon a hundred bucks minimum dinner, drinks, or even if you just get drinks or maybe you go to do an activity and you spend all this money. Just to realize after X amount of hours that you're never going to see that person again, and you don't mm. like them. I think we need to change the dating game. We, I think we're doing it wrong. I
0: totally have. I've got. I've got advice for you. This. So I really hate investing too much time in people. Um, <laughs> that's, that's just me. <laughs> so what I do is I meet them at the park, which is like a loop. It's about a forty-five minute walk. Uh, meet them at the bottom of the hill and. We do the walk around and, and that's just like a chemistry test or a chemistry gauge. It's not the sexiest date, but that's a good way just to A, see if there's any like a little bit of a spark if you've got anything in common. And it's for free. Like there's no money involved. And then if you actually, if you're enjoying the date, you can then go get brunch or a coffee or something and then you can invest a little bit more time and money in the person. Well, let's get on to some of the questions. What are some of the most searched sex questions on the internet?
1: Well, the most searched sex question of all time, it comes in the top um, 50 questions actually, mm. um, is how to have sex. And I think the point of that question is like how to have good sex or how to have better sex. Mm. But I think people are really well, really looking for answers on how to have really good sex. Mm. Um, but the other questions are like, how to insert a male organ into a female organ, how to get a bigger penis manually. One of the questions was, like, how old do you have to be to buy condoms?
0: Wait, I don't even know that answer. Do you know that?
1: You have to be 16 to, to buy them at a supermarket. One of the other questions was, like, where is the G-spot, uh, which is, like, a massive topic that we still haven't covered, but, you know, will probably need to be a 10-part series. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah, people always ask me, like, what was the strangest or what was the weirdest question? And I think the thing with them being the most Googled questions is that they're not strange or weird because Mm -hmm. if they were – fringe or if they were these sort of dirty little questions on the internet they wouldn't be appearing on these lists you know. Mm.
0: And so what are your thoughts on sex education? Like I know my school education was completely lacking and as you said a lot of people use the internet. Is this the best way to get yourself educated on sex?
1: You know what I think the internet is the best place to find information on sex and a few caveats to that. If you have a simple question and you're needing to just find a quick answer, say you need to know what hole to put it in if you're having sex with a vagina, you can find a diagram really quickly. But I think what the internet doesn't give you is the nuance or the literacy to understand how the, how those things interact with other people, which is what we kind of tried to do with the podcast. Is like, yes, this is this really simple answer, but there's this whole other part to this that, you know, you need to understand And I think, like, people bash porn and they bash the internet when it comes to sex ed, but for a lot of queer or even heterosexual people, you know, porn is sometimes this place where you can be like, like, if you're really struggling with understanding how these two bodies connect or, you know, you're you're in a heterosexual relationship and you want to spice up your sex life, porn can be a great way to just be like, hey, here's something new and interesting and as long as both partners are consenting and you're going into this together, agreeing on what's going to happen, then I don't think that it's necessarily this bad thing. Mm. I, you know, as a, as a gay person, I, no one ever taught me how to have gay sex. So porn was mm. the place that you learnt. But I think the thing that the internet doesn't give you when it comes to sex and is what I found when I was looking at things is a lot of the articles are from female heavy publications. So it's always penis and Mm. vagina. It's always man and woman. So, you know, in Search Engine Sex, we were really focusing on making it gender neutral and genital forward. So it doesn't matter if you're a man who has a vagina or you're wanting to have sex with someone that has a penis and you've never seen one. It was all about the genitals.
0: Yeah, no. And I, I love the experts that you've had on. I think that's one thing Sometimes if I guess if you're searching things on the internet and you get some listicle from a journalist about, you know, like I think I'm always searching for things that are, you know, by experts. And that's what I really love about all the guests that you've had on. Oh, thank you.
1: And I I think the other thing is like, sometimes the best sex info comes from a friend. So, you know, Mm. we've had people like Abby and Flex and Ben Law. And so it takes that clinicalness out of you know, relationship or sex chat, because, you know, if you don't have that friendship group to learn from, hopefully, you know, you got some friendly sex banter.
0: (laughs) I loved Abby's was about how to ask someone out. Yeah. (gasps) I definitely um, needed that episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: such a hard topic as well, though, isn't it? Like how to ask someone out. And like, uh, I think the thing that I would one day love to tackle is um, how do you ask someone to commit? Like, you know, that when you like dated them for a couple of months or a couple of weeks or a couple of years and you're like, do you want to be my partner?
0: Mm. Like,
1: that's a weird like, combo. We are that.
0: we a are you seeing other people? Um, yeah. I think the whole thing with asking people out I think for me is it's got nothing to do with them really. It's actually just that fear barrier. Like, yes, I could ask someone out over text or hinge or whatever, but asking someone out face-to-face, that even gives me anxiety talking about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, when are we in those circumstances? We're like our not.
0: Parents, yeah. Our
1: parents were, like, at bars and, like, had to put themselves out there. Mm. I just don't think, like, even in work we don't really talk to face to face with people Mm. anymore, you know?
0: We've lost that art form. My dad asked my mum out. He walked straight up to her, tapped her on the shoulder and, yeah, they started chatting and asked for her number. I can't imagine someone doing that to me now. (laughs)
1: No, also what the, hell, I, what the hell would you say if I like, walked up to someone and tapped them on the shoulder and like, hi, what are you drinking? Oh, that to be so cringe.
0: One of the, your episodes is titled, um, What Does an Orgasm Feel Like? I've actually never tried to explain this to someone and was really interested in the answer. Can you summarise that for us here?
1: Um, thank you. Uh, If you've listened to the episode, you'll know that I also struggle with it. And like when we were researching it, every single article was like, it's like fireworks or it's like this intense burning explosion in your panties. Mm. No, like it's, is it? I'm I'm only speaking for myself. Uh, We spoke to Euphemia Russell. I think they summarized it in a really good way that was like, there are so many ways to have an orgasm that they're never going to feel the same. Like you might, you know, have an orgasm from someone kissing your neck for a period of time or like centrally rubbing your body. It doesn't always have to be penetration or it doesn't always have to be something that's like crazy sexual. One of the things that they uh, taught me, which I did not know before this, was that they're there's one secret erogenous zone on your body, which is inside of your nostril, oh. um, which is why picking your nose feels so good.
0: <gasps> oh, my God. I learn something amazing every day.
1: Every single wow. day, Hannah.
0: Wow. That is incredible. There's
1: all of these places over your body that you can have different types of orgasms. So when you try and explain an orgasm, it's like, A nostril orgasm, a vaginal orgasm, a Mm. clitoral orgasm. Like there's so many different ways.
0: What are the top three things that you've learned about sex on Search Engine Sex?
1: I mean, I didn't understand fully that the inside of the vagina was textured like the roof of your mouth. I, for some reason, thought that it wasn't textured, um, but now that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) But in terms of relationships, Benjamin Law gave me um, some really good advice and like, it was one of those moments where, you know, when you, it's like, I'm going to say it out loud and everyone's going to be like, duh. But like, it was when someone said it out loud, I was like, oh no, I finally understand compromising in relationships. And he said that him and his partner have this rule in their partnership that only one of them can be having a bad day. So if you get home from work and you're like, I've had such a bad day, this and this happened, but the other person has had a worse day than you, then you need to just let go of your bad day and let them have a bad day because it swings and roundabouts in a relationship, right? Like one day it'll be you and the next day it's them, or they might have five bad days in a row. And I feel like that, like that understanding of compromise and it boiled down to such simple language. I was like, oh, Now I understand what people mean.
0: So um, I really enjoy all your episodes on being single and dating. And in particular, um, you did a quickie episode titled How to Not Be Weird About Race on a Date. So I wanted to ask you, how do you not be weird about race on a date?
1: Look, I I think if you're a person of colour, you've definitely experienced this before. And I think if you're a white person, you've definitely been on the giving side of something that was probably a little bit problematic. But I think the really important thing to understand about dating is that y- you don't need to find common ground with me when it comes to my race. Hopefully you're not dating me because of my race. And if you are, then this isn't going to work out. So, mm. you know, we did a, a bit in that episode where it's like you if you come to a date and you're like, oh, you're... Um, Aboriginal. I once went to the Northern Territory. I don't care because I'm not from the Northern Territory. They're not my people. I have no connection with your understanding of what an Aboriginal person is. You're not here getting to know me. I'm fulfilling some sort of weird thing for you. It feels like to the person of colour. So I think that You know, with that old saying of like, don't talk about sex, drugs or politics on a first date. I think talk about sex, drugs and politics, but don't talk about race, (laughs) you know, especially in this climate that we're in where people are only just sort of coming to terms with understanding the fight of different, you know, people of colour around the world. It's such an awkward moment to find yourself in when you have to educate someone about a race on a date and it's not sexy and they're not going to go on another date with you.
0: Yeah, I think that on that episode, it was a lot around sort of the first date. I think one of the guests that you had on mentioned like, you know, it's a first date, like, you know, not wanting to to not sort of talk about the differences between us and to find sort of more common ground.
1: Find the similarities that aren't, you know, your mum going to Thailand for a holiday. Like, I don't know, if, if it, to me, it feels quite cheap and a bit, like, yuck to want to wanna dissect my identity. Mm. I don't know. I was once on a date with this guy. I, like, I don't look Aboriginal, you know, uh, on face value. And so he started on this big rant about um, his hometown and, like, these are his words, not mine, how bad the Aboriginal people were there and, like, all of the crime that they did and blah, blah, blah. And I was just sitting there, like, I'm going to let this go and, like, let this unfold. Mm. And then when I told him, he was like, oh, oh yeah, but, like, not not you. Like, you're one of the good ones. And I was like, I'm so sorry. We're going to um, end this here mm. and you're going to pay for this because if you're willing to be that racist or, like, that upfront with some terrible views on a first date, this is really good for me mm. um, because now I know. But also, you're a f***ing person.
0: Wow. I
1: feel like it would be so strange for two white people to turn up on a date and, like, celebrate how white they are. <laughs> Like, wouldn't that just be the weirdest date? <laughs> Hi, I'm. Uh, you look white. Yeah, I'm white as well. Like, I don't know. It just seems so weird if you take, if you you know, if you take the culture out of it, and you're just left with you know, you replace Asian or Aboriginal with white. The conversation is scary, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like in the in the because we do like main episodes and quickies in the main episode with Benji Ra, you know, I think that people do have this underlying maybe not fetishization, but these underlying attractions to different races or minorities that they don't fully understand. So I think it's, you know, if you haven't listened to it, it's definitely worth one to listen to and unpack.
0: Mm. Let's finish on um, some good dating advice because I really need it. I've deleted my hinge, I think, for the 50th time this year. This year? Oh, my God,
1: it's only March.
0: (laughs) And so you must have had some good dating advice from some of your guests. So do you want to share couple of pieces of nuggets that you've received
1: i've got some good dating advice for you but it's out of my personal playbook
0: great even better
1: um this is an exclusive
0: <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first
1: called the daily mail i'm gonna ask you some personal questions and feel free not to answer but do you dye your hair Pluck your eyebrows, um, bleach your moustache, any of the I above.
0: I laser my moustache, but yes.
1: Okay, so I have a mono brow and I have a neck beard. So what I do is I don't pluck the mono brow and I don't fully shave the neck beard because uh-huh. I don't want to set a precedent for how I look. So I'm turning up to dates a little bit unkept. Mm. And if you're fine with that and you still want to date me based on my personality, even though I've got a neck beard or a couple of stray hairs on my monobrow, then I know that you're a good person. My advice is turn up a bit ugly. Don't turn up freshly waxed. Turn up like one or two weeks after the wax.
0: I love that you said that because something that's, I'm in my 30s now and I had this moment the other, like the other day where I was like, you know, it's not about looks. I've gone my whole teenage and 20s thinking it was like now I, I love that like yes it's the personality for sure and
1: that whole routine of like I don't know I feel like for years I like shaved that little bit of my neck every single time or like mm. meticulously plucked my monobrow and now I'm like look if there's a couple of stray hairs and it bothers you mm. move on
0: I feel that like if a guy listens to this podcast and I like and that's happened before and I remember a guy on a date said to me Oh, I listened to the um, episode about your beard because I called it my beard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in such a good place in my life that I was not embarrassed at all. And I was like... Of all the episodes to listen all to. all the episodes in the world to listen to, you had to listen to that one. And look, I haven't found him yet, but the guy that listens to the podcast and knows about but my bum hair and my face hair and, you know, constipation and everything else I've spoken about on this podcast, the guy that loves that is the guy for me for sure
1: or just the guy that can accept it. Yeah,
0: totally. And thinks and like knows that it's it's funny.
1: If he really loves your bum hair, that might be a red flag.
0: <laughs> well, I do get that one removed. <laughs>
1: might he might be a bit too keen if he's <laughs> loving your bum hair. <laughs>
0: So we'll get onto the products we didn't know we needed. In the first episode of this podcast, we spoke about how to choose a vibrator, and there is a vi- how to
1: how to what so how
0: to choose a vibrator like all oh, the- choose.
1: I thought you said how to jizz a vibrator.
0: <laughs> I would be really impressed if we could find a vibrator that ejaculated.
1: No, they have them.
0: I have them? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You can get dildos. No. That you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google
0: it. Love. I'm learning a lot, really learning a lot on this interview. So I've chosen the Lelo, Lelo Inner Wave Vibrator. I feel because it ticks a lot of the boxes that I spoke about on that episode for anyone. Go back to the first episode of After Dark with Sex with Emily. So it ticks a lot of the boxes. It is dual action, internal and external. It's quite, it's like a unique um, take on the rabbit style vibrator. It's got 10 unique vibration and wave settings. It's actually got two hours on a single charge. It's waterproof and it's made from silicone. So it actually ticked almost every box.
1: Like are they the things that you wanted or are they the things that someone said?
0: So I personally um, definitely like waterproof, that it lasts a long time, that it's got like all different settings that you can and the and the really good thing about this one is you create the setting for you so you eat like the vibration and the waves because it waves you choose that setting and then it remembers it for the next time
1: oh that's good yeah because there's nothing worse than like fiddling with the little uh, buttons trying to get it to where you need it to go Or, you know, that really awkward part where you're like, you're done, but then you're like trying to hold in that little silicon button to turn it off.
0: So I have something, I've discovered this vibrator, I actually spoke about it on the first episode. It's the Womanizer Duo. Get this. It is, it's like some sort of technology where it doesn't start until it's touching your body. Love that. And then as soon as you take it off your body, it's off.
1: I mean, why wasn't that the standard, you know?
0: (laughs) A hundred percent technology is getting better All the time.
1: And is it expensive? Is the Lilo expensive?
0: This one is a bit of an investment. $279. Two hundred and seventy-nine.
1: Okay, but if you're gonna get two hours out of it. Well, every I time. figure
0: we always talk about cost per wear on this potty. And if you're gonna use it, you know, multiple times a week for years on end, then you got yourself a good cost per wear.
1: It's like a good winter wool coat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're like gonna have it for a few seasons. Justify
0: it, you can justify it to yourself using that <laughs> method. <laughs> What's your product?
1: Look, my product is lube and I'm not recommending a single brand. Yep. I'm recommending lube. Yep. And it is because last year uh, before the Panorama, <laughs> I was at a Lizzo concert and I met this couple and I was telling them that I was going to do this podcast and they were like, oh, what lube do you use? And I was like, uh super, supermarket one, the one mm. from Coles. And they were like, no. <laughs> I did not know that there was... Lube for toys, lube specifically for vaginas. There's a water-based lube, silicon lube. Like there's all of these lubes. And I think what we all maybe default to is the one that we can quickly get discreetly, but there is a plethora of different types of lube, made from different things, uh, different packaging styles, and I think it's worth the investment. Mm,
0: have you got an episode on lubricants in Search Engine sex? We
1: have an episode on, yeah, we Amazing. have a little quickie on lube Great. that you can listen to. I think it's worth doing a little trial and error. Yes. Finding one, finding one that you really like.
0: Did you know there's also different flavours?
1: I mean... Look, I don't particularly want to ingest it, but if you do, that's good. Um, I think it's about time that they upped the lube flavour game. Like, I don't want banana or strawberry. Like, give me...
0: Give me salted caramel. That's what I want.
1: Salted caramel. Give me...
0: Cookies and cream.
1: Twisties. uh, Brie, you know, like charcuterie board, you know? I don't know.
0: That's all the time we have today. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find you?
1: You can listen to Search Engine Sex exclusively on Spotify um, or you can sign into my DMs if you've got a question at Rowdy Walden.
0: Amazing. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is a lot of fun.